Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a Doctor Who podcast commentary with a difference. It has to be positive. I, Toby Haydock, asked a friend to nominate a story and to choose their favourite things about it. I have to see if I can guess what those favourite things are. Hello, Toby. My name's Alex Moore, and I work in locations for both TV and film. You can find me on Twitter at alexmoore99. The story that I have chosen is The Time Monster. Marmalade Fandango. Uh, For those of you that aren't keeping up, that is uh, uh, purely better than saying OK then, which seems to be my go-to very dull phrase to introduce this bit, which is to say... If you're watching along to The Time Monster Episode 5... Press play now. Um, Well, welcome. This is going to be (laughs) an interesting one because uh, I remember when I did Running Through Corridors, which is a book I did with Rob Shearman, uh, where we had to watch Doctor Who in order and as we did so, uh, try to just be positive. Uh, Rob wrote one line about episode five of the Time Monster. It was the only episode that defeated him, uh, which left the which left the field open for me a little bit, and I I, I think I I did slightly better than him. But uh, I think it goes to show it's not perhaps it'd be interesting. I'm going to try and give it a chance. That's why we are here. That's why this exercise is, I hope, uh, I slightly more interesting than perusing an internet forum. Well, I don't know, who knows? Um, um, But I hope so, and thanks for joining me. Uh, It's after midnight, so I'm not eating, uh, so there's no crisps available. Um, I have, though, because the whole point of this is to watch it, chat along, throw it out there, but of course I I then fixate on all of the things I talk about. It's this day and age, isn't it? Where you go, what if that could be misconstrued? Or what if, oh, what if I come across as an idiot like that? Hello, Toby. You come across as an idiot in all the things you say. Thank you, conscience. Thank you, internet. Um, but I decided that because I hadn't thought about the cast of the Time Monster, many of whom we've not been able to find, I was thinking, oh, when the DVD came out relatively recently, about 11 years, um, I thought... Uh, I'd, 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 I'd have a little sniff and there's, there's a, a cabal of Doctor Who fans who uh, there's, there's, th- there's three or four of us who have all sort of found actors here, there and everywhere so I, I, I sometimes will send a text to Ben Jolly and Lee Allen or Stephen Griffiths uh, and go, oh have you by the way ever made contact with so and so and they'll do the same to me and um so I texted um, Stephen about Wonder Moore, and he he dropped a, he, he said, oh no, well, but maybe this, through that. So um, I looked, I found her. Anyway, I found her. Um, well, Stephen had, had sort of, as I say, had pointed me in the right direction. So I did a bit of digging because you know it was bedtime and I should have gone to bed and I've got work to do. So I did that instead. Uh, and anyway, I've written to her. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens. Quite often when you write to people, you hear nothing back. So don't get your hopes up. But anyway, she's not even in this episode. And Simon Legree, uh, Stephen was telling me, um, uh, he's never found, and he's very good, Stephen. Um, and Simon Legree was only in Spotlight for one year. Uh, we know nothing else about him. Um, Simon Legree is, of course, 
one of the main characters in Uncle Tom's Cabin. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty odd pseudonym to choose, isn't it? If it was a pseudonym. And if it's his real name, it means he's quite hard to find because <laughs> Uncle Tom's Cabin keeps coming up. Anyway, I've still not said anything about uh, episode five of The Time Monster. Uh, this set is uh, nice and spacious. Um, and it's nice to be somewhere else. So, you know, we were, we were stuck in the laboratory set. Um, th now, uh, the man banging his staff is Derek Murcott as Lord Crito. And he's also a, always a character that whenever I watch this, I go, oh, I forgot about Lord Crito. I, I don't actually know what he does. Um, I know he's a bit mean to Susan Penhaligon at one point, but he's one of those characters that I sort of just draw a blank with. I don't know much about Derek Murcott either, other than the fact that he went to America and he's now died. Um, Susan Penhaligon as the handmaiden Larkis in the background, one of our finest actresses from Bokeh of Barbed Wire. Late replacement for Anne Michelle, sister of Vicky Michelle from Hello Hello, because Anne Michelle kept being late for rehearsals and was fired. Susan Penhaligon was an old mate of Katie Manning's, and Katie Manning said, Why don't you cast my mate? Uh, which is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Um, so we were meeting lots of new actors here. Uh, uh, Aidan Murphy's back. He's very false. He's, he has a flute in delivery. He would be very good to play flute in Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, oh, bless him. Um, <laughs> oh, well... I mean, he's having a bash, isn't he? <laughs> uh, and... Oh, and the guy next to him with the beard, Michael Walker, um, you may recognise as he was in the claws of Axos without a beard as one of the two radar operators in the first two episodes. Uh, and was sort of acting career, on, you know, on and off for a couple of decades. Um, but beginning, well, longer than that, because he started as a boy actor and was in this guy here with the beard, Michael Walker, with, he was in the very first production of Waiting for Godot as the boy, because uh, he was a juvenile actor, but that's theatrical history being in the first ever production of Waiting for Godot. So he started off as a boy actor, doesn't act anymore. Uh, I've never had contact with him, St Stephen has them. Um, I do like a George Cormac as Dalios. I like this set, I mean, it's a, it is a sort of mannered costume drama, isn't it? Um, now, I quite like a mannered costume drama, but I think... I, th I, I think berobed costume dramas are perhaps my... Berobed and bare-chested are not perhaps my costume drama of choice. Oh, I like I, Claudius. This is, this is no I, I, Claudius. I, I think because it, it requires a certain sort of type of Shakespearean acting and Shakespeare which I love uh, when done well oh there's a lovely cat and Ingrid Pitt Shakespeare when done well is the best thing ever Shakespeare when done badly is the worst thing ever although I am quite entertained by bad Shakespearean acting and uh, but and then isn't that Doctor Who because I've got to remember I'm being positive and not because I'm taking the mickey I've got to be positive because Doctor Who is great it's the best programme ever made um, even when it's not good 
Um, I haven't decided if this isn't good. That's brilliant, you see. A, a, a computer bank with the master in it landing in Atlantis. And I love King Dalios's response because we're quite used to sort of people from the past being a bit in awe of the future and a bit kind of... We patronise the past a bit, I think, sometimes. God, we certainly do in this day and age. Um, at, at our, and, and to our great discredit... Uh, I, I I, yes, I think our cultural commentary today is uh, uh, um, treats the past with a disdain it sometimes doesn't deserve. Um, I I really like King Dalios's uh, sort of blasé response to to the master appearing. It's kind of like yeah, okay. Uh, which is better than the sort of, you know, falling to the knees and going, oh, a, a mighty cupboard has landed in our midst. It must be the gods, or whatever. And um, he's quite sexy, the master, isn't he? I mean, I'm not... Uh, and she, I love a bit of Ingrid Pitt. Oh, she, uh, she's taken a fancy to the master. Sorry, Hippias, don't look doe-eyed. I've learnt that to my cost, mate. Don't look all sad. They don't like it. 20 years I spent looking sadly at women who weren't interested. <laughs> or, or if they were interested, then I looked sad to keep their attention and they went off me. Don't look sad. Don't look sad at the ladies. They don't like it. But I can, no, I, can, I think the master is quite sexy, isn't he? Oh, bless him. He's not married, is he? I mean, it, take, it takes a certain chutzpah to act in a nappy. <laughs> but um, I think we all dream of you know stardust when we enter the profession yelling in falsetto in a nappy with, with eyeshadow and a wig on it's you know probably not what you imagine when you went to drama school or you know lay in bed one day I shall be spurned by Ingrid Pitt um, so yeah I hope you're enjoying this um, I haven't released any of these yet so this is very early days uh, uh, nobody might watch them but it's been interesting, the stories that people have chosen as well. I quite like that. Not everyone's gone for the favourites or, or the obvious ones. Oh, is that's why I got confused about Dr. Percival. Because he... Oh, see, it's been so long since... He tries to hypnotise Dr. Percival and it's easy. And But it's the same story where he tries to hypnotise King Dalios and fails. So uh, at least my brain wasn't... Because I was wondering why, I, why I'd thought he struggled with Dr Percival. I'd got the same story, a different old man. Um, but of course, ten years ago, I wouldn't have made that mistake. Uh, age brings King Dalios wisdom. <laughs> Just brings me increasing entropy and disappointment. I but I love Delgado's... Uh, sort of respectful amusement at the 
at King Dalios being a match for him. You know, I, I think that's great. But, um, oh, I'm just checking my sound. I might move the microphone a little closer. Hello, Mr. Microphone. Um, yeah. We'll survive. Um, we nearly, and when we did the commentary for this, oh, I still haven't told you my full commentary story. We, um, uh, I was a bit terrified of the idea of Ingrid Pitt, because she played terrifying women. Um, and I remember seeing her, that's right, I remember seeing her. She was on an interview programme with a magician called David Burglass, who is still about, I think. Uh, who was on telly quite a bit in the 80s, and she was interviewed, uh, and she st talked about the fact that she'd been in Doctor Who, but then she also went, and I have also written Doctor Who and the Macros. And I was going, what? what? And, he said, and, and, and there was no video in those days. I was going to, but she didn't write the Macro Terror, unless he and Stuart Black was a pseudonym, and there's no way of t checking all of this stuff. It's only many years later that it was, uh, she wrote a story that had been commissioned for the season that never got made, or, or it got and it got abandoned and it never happened. But whenever she recorded that interview with David Burglass, it was either still a going concern, or or she just didn't want to say it wasn't happening, or they didn't know, or whatever. But yeah, she was certainly talking about she'd written a story, uh, and there was no sense that it hadn't yet been made. But there was also, as I say, it also did sound like it could have already been on. But I thought I knew all the Doctor Who stories. But again, in in those days, you 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 only really had your memory to go on. So that's why in those days I remembered things much better than I do now. It's terrible, cause, isn't it? Because we could just look stuff up now. Um, I really like what George Cormack's doing, and I like the way that he's written. He has a, a sort of amused, detached wisdom about him, which I really like. As I say, very different from the, you know, credulous ancients that we're sometimes used to in these, you know, yeah the sort of Donald Eccles, what poor old Donald Eccles is saddled with. Um, so, yeah, Ingrid Pitt had talked about Doctor So anyway, I was a bit, I was a bit terrified of, uh, of uh, the idea of Ingrid Pitt coming. Then Steve rang and said, said uh, oh, she's not going to be able to, you know, the, I don't think she was confirmed anyway, but it's a, no, she, no, she was. She, he'd said, First of all, I didn't think she was going. Then, then no. Then she could come, but then she couldn't come because she had to go into hospital to get her hip done or something. And of course, Ingrid Pitt for me is the sort of vampish, you know, siren. This alluring Mediterranean. Or no, she's not Mediterranean. But this alluring. Uh, Countess Dracula, you know, uh, getting her hip done, mate. <laughs> that made me feel old. <laughs> of course, I feel older now. She's... Um, and uh, yeah, so so we didn't get Ingrid Pitt. Well, I, there still wasn't any money because I still didn't get any. So I don't know what happened to Ingrid Pitt's money. Didn't go to Haydock Towers. Um, uh, but it was. And I've, I realised, because I, uh, I, was, I was trying to work out earlier what had happened with John, John Levine did episodes two and four, didn't he? And we had the writer's, the writer's commentary that I talked about. Uh, when I say it was better than nothing, it wasn't better than nothing. They were going to do a fan commentary, but I'd already done one of those on Monster of Peladon. And I got a sniff that people didn't really like those. Um, 
So I said, why not do a fan commentary that's, that's professional writers? So that's why there's a writer's commentary on the Talmuds. To see, I, I remember everything a couple of episodes later. I also uh, remembered that um, the farm worker, George Lee, Corporal Forbes from Spearhead from Space, was originally cast as uh, Kenneth Watson, who's Bill Duggan in The Wheel in Space, Billy Bug, and he's also Craddock in the movie of Dalek's Invasion Earth 2150 AD. So I don't know why he didn't end up playing the farm worker. These, oh, they're, you can cut the sexual tension in these scenes with a knife. Yeah, that's, um... Oh. I... I, I do feel sorry for Hippias. He's, his mouth is very, very downcast, isn't he? That's a, he does a lot of that when he's acting. Um, that, is that the, is that potentially the worst acted scene in the whole Doctor Who? They're not, they're neither great, are they? Anyway, never mind. Um, I'm supposed to be accentuating the positive. Susan Penhannigan's fine actress, very good. Um, I feel bad now for say. This, the whole point of this is to accentuate the positive. Um, sorry, sorry everybody. Oh no, I like a blur from one scene to the other. That's a very Paul Bernard sort of thing. Um, and the commentary for this is, is very sad because Barry Letts arrived and was sent the wrong way. So by the time he got to us, he'd already had a long walk round the arse end of television center and was we were very surprised that he wasn't he wasn't the Barry Letts we knew and loved he was very poorly and very frail and also then quite annoyed um, and um, struggled and we had to we never do retakes in commentaries they go all the way through and warts and all but uh, he was quite stumbly with his words and I remember he had to do the end, end of episode one about three times he was getting increasingly frustrated with himself and that was a really sad thing was it was such a professional um, and uh, that was a great entrance for the master. I like that shot. I'd forgotten about the cat. Do your own joke about Ingrid Pitt's pussy right now, please, uh, because I'm above that sort of thing. Um, um, and um, yeah, Baronets was very, very frail. And, um, and actually he said at the end, terrible thing he said at the end oh these, these are normally good and uh, I, I didn't enjoy that one at all and I I thought very gallantly said uh, oh yeah I'm no, sorry but that was my fault I wasn't really on top of on top of this one I'm, I'm sorry about that and I <laughs> and that's the problem when you're being gallant isn't it you sort of expect the other person to go no no absolutely not it's fine <laughs> and, and of course he, he sort of accepted that uh, so job done I, I hope I made him feel better but but it meant that, and, but as I say, you know, sometimes, sometimes, usually when you say those things, you expect the other person to let you off the hook. He didn't let me off the hook. Um, um, but he was, he was very frail and he was really struggling. And, and his son Crispin was, was with him and, uh, and, and, you know, took him, took him away um, at the end. And, and I think we all, the, the three of us there, Steve, Peter and I just went, I, I think that's probably the last time we'll see him and 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 it was i think he died 
a month later, uh, which was very sad because he was a really nice bloke and he, you know, he was a, he was great at analysing his 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 work and contributing to chronicling the legacy of Doctor Who. So it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a sad one for 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 me this um, in 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 that sense in that uh, I do associate that commentary with. Quite, it was hard. It was a tricky one, and 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 it was, it was it was quite an edgy, edgy experience. Um, simply because the, the as it went on and the more frustrated Barry got, it was, it was sad to see. But Delgado is so good, isn't he? And you can go as close as you like. There's something great about a leather glove on a hand as well, isn't there? Um, You can go as close up as you like on Roger Delgado. He has got such a fantastic face. Why is Galea such a cow? Um, <laughs> just because she likes the master's beard. Um, or is she the master's beard? I didn't even know what a beard was until that time crash joke, you know. I never got that joke, somebody had to explain it to me. I've led a very sheltered life. Um, it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's like a different story, isn't it? Um, and it, I wonder why I don't like robes and catacombs. I suppose because it's a bit like yeah, we're saying we're first time going back into the past since uh, War Games and Abominable Snowman or whatever, but it's not unlike Peladon, is it? I mean, it's robes and flaming torches. and So I suppose it's not that unfamiliar in that sense. Um, so it's, it's, it's not really like a historical... I don't really think of this as an historical because or even an historical portion, because I, I don't think of Atlantis as being in the Earth's past, because even though it's, it's obviously derivative of certain Earth civilizations, it's not... It, it could be a, a, a berobed planet, of which, you know, of which we are not unfamiliar. But it is, strictly speaking, I suppose. Yes, it's a journey to the past. But isn't... Ah, oh, is she going to eat the grape? It reminds me of the old, the old acting story. She's having trouble with the grapes. Um, those of you that can't see, Ingrid Pitt is, is manipulated. I wonder if they're edible grapes. You gonna, there's, a, there's an old actor's story about uh, two actors talking to each other and one says to the other, are you working? Go, oh, yeah. Oh, you're happy about it? Well, not really. Well, yeah, no, no, actually, no. Yeah, no, it's good. Go, oh, why? Is it a good play? Oh, no, it's a terrible play. Oh, okay. Reputable theatre company? No, awful. Um, is, is, it, is it a good part? No, it's a really bad part. Oh, the money's good. No, uh, nice location. No, good cast. Not really. Then, then why are you happy that you've got the job? There's a practical sandwich in Act Two. <laughs> I like that story. So, uh, do you think Ingrid Pitt did it for the grapes? I'll do it if you let me have some practical grapes. She didn't eat the grapes. Uh, now, right, this is the Lord Crito. Ah, oh, damn, I talked through the Lord Crito being cross at a door. Um, does, I think, does, is it that Crito doesn't like Kipias? I don't know who Lord Crito is and what he does. 
And if I shut up, I might, dis I might discover it. But as I say, I've got a real blank spot for him. And I know what, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I remember the, 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 the private in episode one of The Web of Fear goes, oh, but Sarge, I'm on this other job. You know, I remember parts that make no contribution to the episode whatsoever. I still don't know what he's all about, but we'll do that when we do Web of Fear. Um, and isn't it nice that we, we can do Web of Fear? Well, I'd have, done, I'd have done the recon. I've got a recon of it somewhere. Oh, and Joe's suddenly on film. This looks good, doesn't it? Oh, is this the end of a... Well, that's okay. That's okay. I don't know. I think Rob was just being... And does Dalios get uh, a single... I think it's Dalios and Galea get a single credit. That sort of thing appeals to me. Yeah, look at that. Single caption, love. Practical sandwich and a single caption. Um, I think Pitt was a bit of a star at this point juncture wasn't she Crito Derek Murcott still don't know what he did angry at a door um, oh and Melville Jones the guard he's a Cyberman he's the other speaking Cyberman in Revenge of the Cybermen he's a playwright now um, uh, well that was I quite I, I thought that was alright I feel bad that I was mean about the scene between Ingrid Pitt and Aidan Murphy I'm sorry about that uh, Ingrid Pitt and Aidan Murphy fans I, it's, it's like we're programmed to sort of go, to look askance at stuff. I'm trying to program myself out of that. That's why I'm doing this. I love Doctor Who. Doctor Who takes me to my happy place. Or, you know. Right. So, what takes me to my happy place is a horrible uh, Americanism that I wish had not tumbled out of my mouth. Gosh, I'm a miasma of regret, aren't I? Um... Uh, right. What did Alex like? Well, I liked King Dalios. And that's a bit of a broad thing. So I, I like King Dalios's sort of blasé, seen-it-all reaction to the master. I thought that was refreshing. I thought that was an antidote to the credulous, savage kind of motif that is often, that is often used when, you know, a cupboard lands in... Uh, lands in ancient times what did alex like my best thing about episode five is uh, the introduction of joe as lady jojo grant because of course those in atlantis wouldn't know how funny it is but it's an example i think of doctor at its best when you can have those moments of comedy those throwaway lines amongst what is often quite a dark story yes i was talking so much i missed that bit that is a good bit that is a that is a funny bit and again yes being being serious about a joke, which they all are. So although it's a bit stuffy, that, that does work in the favour of things like that, because everybody plays that joke deadly seriously, nobody cocks a snook at it, and that makes it even more effective, and it is a very Doctor Who thing. Good choice, Alex. Um, everybody chooses better than I. Anyway, that was the Time Monster episode five, which I thought was absolutely fine. Uh, and I'd been, between you and me, I'd been a bit worried about it. Um, thank you for joining me. Join me next time. Uh, this has been me, uh, Toby Toby Haydoke. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydoke, and my guest, Alex Moore, who is on Twitter at AlexMoore99. 
Featured patrons this episode are Keith Say, Len Stewart, Nick Temple, Apollo C. Vermouth, Gary Wales, Adam Westwood, Rich Wiggins, Michael Williams, Stephen White, Mark Aldridge, Sebastian Apriel, Tilt Areza, Simon Ash, Martin Bellum, James Blackett, Robin Bland, Kyle Bors, Hugh Buchtman, Anthony Carroll, and Anthony Carroll. Yes, there are two. The music has been specially composed by Dave Gates, and the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. If you would like to support these broadcasts, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Toby There are exclusive and early releases there. If you would like to do just a one-off, that's fine and equally gratefully received at ko-fi.com forward slash Toby No bonuses there, alas, apart from my eternal thanks. Please also subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you can spare the time, I'd be most grateful if you could rate and review these as highly as is humanly possible at all the usual podcast and distribution outlets. Thank you ever so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. (laughs) 